And hello and welcome everyone to another installment of the Comic Multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. It's Sunday night, Matt. We're back again with all of our friends. We are. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's almost March again soon. I cannot believe it. It's March already here, so yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, true enough. Yeah, you you're in the land of the future. It <laughs> felt like it was just March a couple weeks ago, and then we lost a year. Yeah, yeah. Like literally, my life is just that meme now. It's like it can't be March 2021 again. I'm still dealing with March 2020. <laughs> uh, how have you been? Not too bad. Not too bad. I had a bit of a uh, like a rush around morning for myself because my my uh, over the weekend my boom arm that my microphone is connected to broke so i had to go out and get another one i could only get it today um so this morning was like trying to get it because it came with like the wrong type of thread for my microphone so i had to like jury rig it with the old one and it's 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 i'm not touching it that's the thing it works (laughs) it's fine i'm not touching it if i don't touch it it won't fall apart well there you go words to live by (laughs) yeah um i also on i i talked about it on twitter but i went to costco for the first time ever over the weekend that sounds like an experience it it, it definitely was (laughs) what uh what did you get did you do what i do and get a what is it 100 potato skins because you might need them at some point i don't think we said they sell them here damn you're missing out on the potato skin but i did i did go and grab like a bunch of those really huge muffin cupcake mm. things that they do uh so i can take them to work with me um nice. and they're they're really good they they are really good yeah you're gonna gonna be a hit with the big muffins there i uh it's funny man you 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 really you know uh touched a part of my brain there with like man i really want me some big muffins i've been doing the <laughs> keto thing and this shirt didn't fit me like uh a month or so ago but it fits me now so clearly it's working <laughs> but at the same time i'm so hungry so hungry (laughs) all the time so hungry i'm i'm thinking maybe next week uh what is it i uh may uh have myself a little cheat day so if we end up not having a show at our normal time next week it's because i'm in a carb coma that's why (laughs) you're passed out i'm just passed out there it's like ah just all the rootin tootin potato skins he put gravy on everything (laughs) (laughs) Why did he put French fries in his milkshake? What a maniac. <laughs> we uh we were both saying too before we started, we were checking out stars there on Disney Plus that uh launched uh, last week. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Pretty good. Absolutely. I got my Wes Anderson fix in there. I've been rewatching <laughs> Futurama from the beginning. Man, it's hard to you know, it's easy to forget what a good show Futurama was yeah. and how they really integrated comedy and storytelling and arc long mm-hmm. uh, you know, stories before a lot of other shows did. Yeah, and it, it's it's kinda it kinda sucks as well because you see they're trying to do the exact same thing with that newer show they've got yeah. the uh, Disenchanted, was it? yeah. Disenchanted, yeah, and it's just not the same. No, even though it's so many of the same people involved, yeah, it's yeah. hard to believe that they just can't get that lightning to strike twice. It's got the lore thing, like Futurama had lore with like Nibbler and the big brains mm-hmm. and Delta brain waves and everything like that that kept coming back. But uh, yeah, it's weird that the same crew just can't make the same lightning strike twice. I don't know what that's about. Yeah. Been getting my game on too. Uh, I got uh, Persona Strikers there for the Ooh, Switch. I've been enjoying nice. that. Nice. I thought it was going to be like a Dynasty Warriors game, but it's way closer to something like Kingdom Hearts. It's actually a quite involved action RPG. That's what they sold it as, like a Dynasty Warriors, but but with Persona characters. 
it, it it's not only is it more of an action RPG, but it is a legit full sequel to okay. Persona Five. Oh wow, really? I know it's set after it. Yeah, yeah, le- legit sequel. All the characters come back. Uh, a lot of the music returns too. You get some really cool Ooh, nice. uh, remixes, which nice. I am super enjoying. I'm only in the first world right now, but uh, yeah, it's cool. Cool, cool. I just got um Pokemon Sword. Hey, one of us, one of us. <laughs> well, well, I saw the there's Pokemon there's a new Pokemon, Pokemon game meant to be coming out. Well, end of this year, next year, or something. Apparently, yeah, two. Yeah, so um, yeah, I decided I'll get on the Pokemon bandwagon, play that, and you know, Post Malone convinced me. That too. I mean, when he starts singing Hootie and the Blowfish at you and serenading a slugma, I mean, it would take a man made of stone and sterner stuff to not want to get in to the pokey revolution. I'm, uh, I'm glad you got sword too, because I got shield, so mm-hmm. I can help you trade back and forth any you're missing and vice versa. <laughs> yeah. I put a lot of time into it. The DLCs on those are really good. Yeah, well, I, I bought the pack that has the game in the expansion pack, so I'm looking forward mm. to that. Good, good deal. Ooh, I tried some Outriders, too, this week. I know I'm super late to the party on all of those, you know, looter-shooter co-op experiences, but I wanted to give this one a try because they're literally giving, like, the first chapter of the game away free, and then you can actually port over, uh, what is it, your progress when the game actually does come out. Cool, cool. It's fun. It's a lot like Destiny. It's a lot like Gears of War. It's a lot Mm -hmm. like many other games I've played. But the thing I couldn't shake while playing it is like, man, I wish I had someone to play this with. (laughs) Well, I'd say I'd only seen like I think the reveal trail for it. And then I like kind of didn't hear anything about it because I think it was around the same time. Uh, was it Godfall was being advertised as well? Yes. I'm thinking, oh, this is just like it's like that. It's like what happens every now and then where there's two games that are very similar that come similar, out. Similar, yeah. They they battle one another sort of thing. I, yeah. I didn't really pay much attention to it, but I mean, if you say it's pretty good, yeah, absolutely. Same thing that uh, happened to me. I also mixed those two games up. And I'm like, oh yeah, Outriders. Also, we're at that weird position now. Where it's like, okay, Outriders is coming out. But is that going to be on PS5, or is it going to be on PS4? Is it going to be on PC, because we're in that weird in-between point in console era? Well, it'd probably be, I imagine, if you get it for PS4, you've got the upgrade to PS5. Or they could pull a Square Enix, like what they did with the goddamn Final Mm. Fantasy remake, where it's like, no, no, you get it on PS4, but you've got to pay to get it on PS5. Oops, did we do that? Here's the best thing about Outriders, and if it ends up becoming popular at all, it's because it does this. Complete and full cross-platform integration right mm-hmm. out the box. Yeah. So if I'm playing on PS4, I can play it with someone on PS5, can play it mm-hmm. with someone on PC, and I'm like, that's good. That's the future of these games if they want to keep doing these uh, looter shooters. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what it needs to be, especially when games, uh, when games that don't do that begin to fail because not enough people are playing on your console and you can't mm-hmm. go join the, all the people on the pc or the xbox or the yep. playstation like anthem anthem had a lot of problems but yeah. well that's never coming back anymore glad it's actually not because um apparently that spurred ea to make uh, the next dragon age a complete single player game and not I a game that games a service game <laughs> that's good that makes me happy i'm yeah. glad about that if there can be but a ray of sunshine and also if you're one of those people who early adopted anthem also sorry (laughs) there's just one person patiently sitting there by his television any minute now they're gonna make anthem good again any minute now (laughs) 
sets a scary precedent, too, where companies can just be like, nah, dude, we're done with this. Yeah, oh, imagine how much money they pumped into that, because that was, that was, this was after they had already done a bunch of work on what was called Anthem, I think, 2.0. Yes. Yeah, so imagine a couple more million went into whatever they <laughs> did originally, so yeah. Just down the and drain. It's like it's nothing, you know. It's that it's that South Park meme, and it's gone, and yeah. it's gone. <laughs> but what about all the time and effort I pumped into Anthem, and it's gone? It's meaningless. I mean, shit, that, uh, what is it, Gearbox game that wasn't Borderlands, but kind of looked like it lasted for long. Oh, what was that uh, called again? Battleborn? Battleborn, thank you, that had the horrible luck of releasing around the same time as Overwatch. Yeah, and then had the balls to say it was better than Overwatch. Mm. <laughs> For what it's worth, I thought Battleborn had some very good character designs, and I wish that they had actually like ported those over to the next Borderlands. If they were smart, it'd be like, okay, so uh, our next playable characters are just some of these. <laughs> Because they were really good, for what it's worth. And now that's another dead game, going to the great console graveyard in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but believe it or not, everyone, we are a comic book podcast. I know sometimes it's hard to tell. <laughs> but we're also an everything podcast. You know, it's what's going on with me and Matt and our world and everything, and I'm sure your world, too. Yep. We uh, do have a decent enough smattering of uh, what we read this week, as well as some news. We're going to be uh, wrapping up Future Stay. We're going to be talking about what's happened on television because there's some really cool superhero stuff coming to TV. But before we do any of that, Matt, we got to pay the bills. We got to keep the light on in here. We do. We do. It's, it's hard out there for comic book pimps trying to get some money for the rent, especially now in these hard, trying times. So, you know, uh, I want to tell you all about another friend of ours, a good friend, an old friend, a classy friend. Maybe you've heard of him. <laughs> His name is Wild Bill, and he makes craft soda. Uh, you know, just delicious drinks with many, many fun flavors, all with a beautiful Wild West tinge to it. You'll probably know the Wild Bill brand already if you had, oh, I don't know, gone to Comic-Cons or music festivals or any sort of outdoor events these are the guys that give you those really cool uh copper mugs which actually i should have mine right now for this <laughs> ad read why you did I? last so... week i'll just like I photoshop did. it in yeah. really shittily uh, <laughs> it's all the way over there <laughs> <laughs> but yes uh, they're the company that does that and uh even though you know the future of the world and going outside is sadly uncertain maybe a little more uh, certain now than it was Wild Bill wants to help you recapture the taste of how the world used to be. You can go buy any of their wonderful flavors, and if you use our promo code down in the description right there, it'll be either flashing up on screen and post, or it'll be down in the description <laughs> where I put everything. You can use that code, and you can get yourself a nice little percentage off on your first purchase. And not only will you be getting yourself something nice, but you'll be helping the show out as well. Wild Bill actually gives us a lot of great tech technology to track what people have been buying so i know you guys out there have been buying and i really appreciate it i know not everyone can become a patron i know not everyone can afford to help us out every month but for the people who you know uh, spend a little and buy some soda we really appreciate it absolutely if enough people buy it as well enough people complain that they can't mm. get it in australia uh, maybe yes. they'll bring it over here and i can i can start uh maybe selling it will. off <laughs> Maybe they will, Matt. Maybe they will. Also, <laughs> <I hope> hey, <laughs> so. 
I hope so, too. Hey, if we sell enough of these, maybe they will make a comic multiverse flavor, as I said before. <laughs> that that needs to be our goal for 2021. We need the comic multiverse soda. <laughs> Here's a here's a thing too. Uh, it's not actually an ad, but it is a moment where I do want to ha- uh, you know thank the fans and all the people who help keep this show afloat. Uh, big ups to Marvin, longtime fan of uh, you and me. He actually sent us some of those. Uh, what is it, King and Black temporary Venom tattoos? Oh, really? Yes, they haven't shown up yet in my mail, but I am looking for them. They, oh, they weren't nice. here just to – I'm sure they'll be here by next week. Thank you, Marvin, for that. I really appreciate I had a whole bit planned where I was going <laughs> to surprise Matt, where I'd be like, oh, hey, Matt, look at this. And then I'd pull up, and I'd have the tattoo. And then I thought to myself, like, wait, should I do that? These things might be worth something one day. Should I maybe put them away? What should I do? <laughs> should I pull a Cody Rhodes and get one on my neck? Get one, get a permanent one, get it. I want this one on my neck. There you go. Neck tattoos are sending a hell of a message. That's sending a, I never plan to work in an office or anywhere with a tie ever again. <laughs> Which I know is ironic because Cody Rhodes also wears suits and ties yeah. everywhere <laughs> while also having a neck tattoo. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there, everyone. So yeah, get yourself some Wild Bills. Help us out. Get yourself a nice little treat. And with that, Matt, we can hop into the actual news for this week. Yeah. And uh, starting things off here, a piece of news that I was not expecting to wake up to in the morning when I did, but uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, uh, you know, renowned journalist turned renowned comic book writer, uh, his next project has been announced, and it's a film project, but not just any film project. He's going to be filming the next, or uh, penning the next Superman movie, whatever that might be. Yeah, where he's uh, writing it, J.J. Abrams is producing it because he's part of the uh, this whole Warner Brothers DC thing. He's doing stuff with like Justice League Dark and mm. all that stuff now. Um, and, and Abrams yeah. almost made a Superman movie yes. a while ago. Yes, he did, which had, which would have had Henry Cavill in the role as well. Interestingly um, enough. Uh, yeah, so there's no like director or anyone else attached no. to it. But this also relates, I guess, kind of relates back to that news that I think came with that super, the original Supergirl news, yes. uh, which was, uh, oh, who was it? Michael B. Jordan wanted to do a Superman project or be, mm. be a Superman or something. Yes, there was talks that, you know, he had been singled out <laughs> for some sort of project, which obviously, of course, you and I as comic fans are like, oh, that means they probably must be doing something with, you know, uh, Val Zod and Earth 2 and everything. And, oh, isn't that interesting? Uh, yeah. Well, I hope it's Earth 2 and I hope it's Val Zod. I- I don't particularly want to see Calvin Ellis, mainly because, like, like on paper, his character is pretty cool, but on, like, it might be a bit too cheesy because he's literally mm. just Barack Obama with superpowers. Like, that's, the, and that's, like, part of the, the the joke Grant Morrison did when creating that character. True. Not to say that still probably wouldn't sell pretty Oh, yeah, it would be huge, pretty, pretty awesome, but, yeah, you'd have to lean into it a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, I'm glad you brought up Barack Obama, Matt, because starting this week, apparently he has also thrown his hat into the podcast game. <laughs> Him and the boss have started their own podcast. And I'm like, hey, that's unfair. Why do you need a podcast? <laughs> well, he's We're done trying. winning all awards for like documentaries and stuff. So he's got to, got to do now podcasts. <laughs> Hey, you know what that means now that he's officially uh, one of our contemporaries? Maybe we'll get former President Barack Obama on the comic multiverse. Hey, we know he's a fan of comic books. Just ask him, hey, Barry, what do you think's up with this? <laughs> I'm sure he has many thoughts. 
Well, you know, uh, I for one am happy that uh, one more day may finally uh, be reversed. I think it will help us heal uh, as a nation. Uh, thanks, Obama. Appreciate it. Oh, and thank you for all your service, Joel and Matt. I know you're not Americans, but in my heart you are. <laughs> but yeah, this uh, this is cool and very unexpected. And like you said, kind of confirms a piece of news we had heard years ago that they're like, look, we're not exactly sure if we want to continue with these Superman movies as they are with Cavill. Let's think outside the box. Let's get a little weird and experimental. Let's maybe say Supergirl is the brand new thing we're going to be going with. Hey, let's maybe try a radically different take on Superman. And I mean, look, if DC and Warner Brothers are honest about everything they've been saying with the whole, oh, it's a, it's an omniverse now. It's, you know, anything goes. We can mm -hmm. do whatever we want this is the stories you're supposed to tell when in everything is open and you can do whatever you want, right? Yeah. Well, and not only that, like, if they were to do, uh, like, a Valzod Superman, you got him in the movies, and then you got your classic Superman on yeah. TV in a pretty high-budget TV show. Yeah, I mean, you can't really... And, and we'll talk about the Superman and Lois show uh, later on in the episode, mm -hmm. everyone, don't worry. But, yeah, you can't say as a superman fan you're kind of being denied if anything no. your cup kind of runneth over at the moment where it seems like there's going to be more superman now moving forward in 2021 than there was before they finally realized that there was more characters than batman than just batman now that being said we're also probably going to get three batman as well <laughs> but look you know you're going to get three superman as well as batman now wouldn't it be interesting if they used this new superman again we're only assuming they have not confirmed or denied that this is going to be some sort of Earth 2 production. If it was, wouldn't that be an interesting way to open up a whole different universe uh, for your comic book characters? To be like, look, they have names that you remember and they kind of look and act like you remember, but their stories are actually different. That would be pretty cool. And as well as if it did follow like the Earth 2 that Valzot is from, you could, have ac you could actually have like a more traditional Superman in the opening of the film, but he and yeah. the rest of the heroes all die off. Again, too, I wonder if we're seeing, you know, kind of the residual effects of Spider-Verse being like, oh, not only will people accept big science fiction multiverse concepts in general and, you know, multiple versions of the same hero from multiple universes, but, oh, you can actually make a really awesome movie out of it and it will make a lot of money. Yeah, again, I, uh combination of like that wandavision endgame like crisis of infinite earths all of these are like have an effect like oh people like kind of understand this whole multiverse thing and actually like it we'll do more yeah. of it yeah we don't need to hold people's hands anymore they will eventually get it yeah which is nuts to think but also like hey i'm i'm down for it yeah I can appreciate it. So, yeah, there you go, everyone. Your big new piece of Superman news there for it. It'll be interesting to see where they might go for this. And also, hey, do you think we might see some ripple effects in the comics because of this? Because we often do. Do you think maybe Valzod will come back? Maybe get that miniseries that Tom Taylor says he wanted to write back in the day? Hopefully, yeah. I mean, yeah. We've, we've just had, like, the universe be restructured. It's a lot of it's already unknown. So, yeah true enough i mean hey earth 2 hey you all live on the else world now there you go yeah or something like that they haven't yeah. really hammered down the specifics about how any of that is going to work with the prime earth and the else world and everything else oh i'm sure infinite frontier uh the issue this week is going to tell us a fair bit i guess so i guess that'll help but also uh you uh you read generation so you can tell me all about the liner verse later on the i tried verse, yeah 
the linear verse. Thank you. I tried reading some of that, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm kind of glad I didn't read Generations <laughs> this week because I didn't want to have to try and explain that on my own. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, moving on from there, uh, but also on a similar note, uh, we had talked last week about New Milestone and how it was coming back and how it was going to be a thing again despite many delays and some lawsuits and everything. But we finally have the first big three new titles that are coming out from it uh, fairly soon and uh, the creative teams that are going to be attached to them. Yeah. And uh, some of these creative teams are pretty cool. We got Vita Ayela Ayela, who's going to be writing for Static. And uh, you've seen their work before. They've done some X-Men stuff. They did the Shuri book. They did uh, that, uh, what is it, uh, Nebula book. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they've been working a lot in the industry. And, uh, yeah, as we can see here, the new Static book looks pretty cool. It's got an interesting visual design to it. Mm -hmm. In fact, you would actually get a better taste of all of these if you read that new free Milestone Zero issue that they re-released with new stuff, which I did this week. Yeah, I'm, I, I haven't read it yet, but I am going to do it, and I'm going to update my review of that issue uh, Man, later on in the week. There there was enough content that they could have just released it on its own, but the problem <laughs> is, is that they would still end up having two Zero issues. But they should have just changed the cover and called it something else. They really shouldn't, because there was enough material here, even before they start repeating themselves, mm -hmm. that it would have been fine on its own. Yeah. Oh, and uh, also wrote Children of the Atom, too. Well, there you go. But, uh, yeah, the, I, I did read it, and, uh, yeah, it basically just expands on these three stories yeah, that we saw before. Yeah, we see the new, uh, what is it, Origin of Hot Streak. We see uh, Virgil, you know, not long after awakening with his powers. And, oh, his dad, they changed the way his dad is drawn now. Guess how his dad is drawn now? Yeah. Uh, he just looks like Dwayne McDuffie now. I, th I thought he might. I thought he might. He just looks, which I'm like, that's cute. That's a very nice tribute, actually, that he was the metaphorical father for Static, and now he is literally the father of Static. Yeah. He also kind of looks like an older version of Comics Explained, too. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. He kind of looks like Rob. I wonder if Rob read that and if he saw that and be like, yo, Static's dad looks like me. <laughs> In which case, that's pretty freaking sick. But, uh, yeah, we got the Static book coming out. Uh, Brandon Thomas, uh, who did that book, Excellence, he's going to be writing a hardware. And a hardware is probably the one I'm most interested in. Yeah, yeah. Just because, you know, I always thought hardware never quite got his due back in the day. And what no, we see didn't. from hardware in the Zero issue is pretty dope. Because it's just like, you know, oh, you know, I work for the Alva Corporation, and oh, you know, they're misinterpreting and perverting all my scientific advancements, and they're like, oh, we're coming to take the suit back, and he's like, no, you can't, your bullets don't affect me, I am protected by the great blackness, and I'm like, okay, that's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> and the new redesigned suit is really slick and really cool, too. Cool. They kind of, like, pared it down a little bit, it's not, like, over, like, as over-designed as it was. Big shoulders and the, the big, like, uh, mask thing yeah, he had yeah. on that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, he looks, like, pretty cool now. He looks like, okay, so if they make the movie of him, he's going to look like this now. <laughs> and then, of course, we have Reginald Hudlin, who is going to be writing Icon and Rocket, which I think this is his first ongoing comic project in a real time. In a real long time. Real long time, yeah. Real, real long time, because, you know, he's usually used to being, like, a big Hollywood power player and working behind the scenes in more, like, you know, producery roles and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
But uh, again, I, I, I know I don't always have the nicest things to say about Reginald Hudlin because I hear all the stories about his dirty backroom dealings and everything's in the creators he's kind of screwed over along the way. I actually do kind of trust him with Icon and Rocket because if you listen to any of the like interviews and documentaries about Milestone Comics and about Icon, you always hear how much Reginald loved Icon because he basically sees himself reflected in Icon in a way that he sees himself not reflected anywhere else because, hey, Hudlin is himself also a pretty prominent black conservative. So there you go. Uh, he, he wrote the, the, the first part of that, that uh, Icon story in the original yeah. Infinite. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. I did too. I did too. So, I mean, like, look, he's not an untalented guy, Reginald Hudlin. Like, he can bring it when he has to. That Black Panther story he did that ended up getting adapted into the not so great BET Black Panther TV show was a good story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it is what it is. I'm 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 just happy that it's happening. Yeah. And that it's finally going to be a real thing. And, uh, ooh, it's funny, too. Uh, I saw some people before this new one came out, they're like, but what about Blood Syndicate? Blood Syndicate was the other most important part of Milestone. Why have we seen no reference of Blood Syndicate? Uh, if you read uh, this new Zero issue they put out, Blood Syndicate is in it. <laughs> You see Holocaust, and he's basically uniting all, like, the Bang Babies together, and he gives, like, a really, really impassioned speech about how, you know, the government doesn't, you know, care about us, your parents don't care about you, but I, Holocaust, uh, will take care of you, we'll be a family, we'll be better than family, because what we have is in the blood, sucker! (laughs) And I'm like, yo, Holocaust is so fucking cool. (laughs) Again, he's basically like the Magneto of the Milestone universe, where it's like, he's... It's like, he does a lot of bad things, but at the same time, it's like, yeah. He's got a point. (laughs) And, like, now more than ever, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I might have to listen to the man named Holocaust. (laughs) I'm just saying his podcast would be great. (laughs) (laughs) Also, just the concept, too, of, like, yeah, we're a superhero team, but we're also a gang. Mm -hmm. It's just a really fucking solid concept. It's pretty good. People saying, too, the creator of the Boondocks really hates Reginald Hudlin. <laughs> yes, Aaron Magruder. Yes, uh, that's the guy I was talking about when I said young creators who he fucked over. There is a character in the Boondocks show called Wedgie Hudlin. Or no, Wedgie Rudlin, which is literally just him creating a character. Yeah. Yeah, just so he can shit on and blast this guy. <laughs> Now, it also helps that Wedgie Rudlin also has, like, some of the funniest bits in that. But there you go. <laughs> So in case you ever wondered, everyone, that's uh, that's totally what he's referencing. Uh, now, moving on from there, we got some big movie news happening. There was a lot of kerfuffle this week, Matt, a lot of hullabaloo, a lot of uncertainty over what the title would be for the third Spider-Man movie. And for a second there, we thought, oh, oh Tom Holland had done it again and leaked the name when he wasn't <laughs> supposed to. <laughs> but no, turns out it was like a big, long bit that they were all leaning into. Yeah. Which is fucking adorable that they're just leaning in the fact that Tom Holland can't keep any secrets. It's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I've done, I done it again, everyone. I really Holland myself on this one. <laughs> Him and Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> yeah, just just these two sweet, doughy individuals that you just poke them and secrets fall out. <laughs> But, uh, yes, it was finally revealed after all the fake names of what the new Spider-Man movie might be. But we finally know it's called Spider-Man No Way Home, which a lot of people have taken to mean that, ooh, this this title could possibly have some grim implications. It could, yeah. 
a lot of people jumped to the conclusion right away, and I can't say they're wrong for thinking about this. Oh, is this going to be the last Spider-Man movie overall in this like Marvel universe? Does No Way Home mean he ends up getting <laughs> stranded in the dark, horrible Sony universe at the end of this? I don't think so. I mainly because because uh, Holland says like he'll keep playing Spider-Man for as long as like if they want to do ten more, he'll do ten more. Like mm. he'll keep keep playing it though. In saying that, this is Sony true enough yeah but i i don't think it's gonna be the last spider-man movie it makes them too much money no i mean it'll never be the last spider-man movie the question is will this be the last you know shared universe marvel sony they make so much money from them so i imagine they and they don't have to do any of the work i mean we said that but we saw full well that they were willing to torpedo it the first time just over ego and stupidity that's true that's true so, I mean, there's nothing to say they wouldn't be willing to do so again. I mean, hell, from what we understand, the only reason that this movie got made, period, is because Holland just asked very nicely. And because <laughs> he is just a charismatic good boy, they had to give him his way. <laughs> so unless he's willing to ask even harder the next time, <laughs> where he's just like got a little tear going, <laughs> like that's the way, that's the only way that he'll get these companies to work together. <laughs> If he has to pull a funzo from The Simpsons, I have a flower for ooh. <laughs> I wrote a letter and all my R's are backwards. <laughs> I have created a song and dance number just for you because I also do that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but what, what do we think No Way Home could possibly mean? Do we think maybe they're just talking about a changing of the Spider-Man status quo? I mean, maybe maybe he doesn't get his secret identity, you know, reversed at the yeah. end of this one. Maybe maybe that's just an open secret now that people know who Spider-Man is, and that's why, or that's what they're referring to when they say No Way Home. I could see that. I could see it uh, mainly because there's rumors of this connecting up with, like, Doctor Strange and WandaVision mm. regarding multiversal stuff. I could see it as no way home as in he's stuck in the multiverse maybe true Though i don't yeah, think they do they. that because that's technically then two movies where characters are stuck in the multiverse back to back being yeah the doctor strange in this oh god you know it would be terrible but something i could totally see someone pitching okay look so uh maybe we don't want to share ownership maybe we want to wash our hands of spider-man Maybe we'll steal something from the Spider-Men story and say that Tom Holland Spider-Man's not actually even from this universe. Oh God! Yeah, they. I. I can't. I don't think they can. Can't do that. I don't think they can either. No. But you know, yeah. Who's to say? Yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, it's nice to know there's a title. Of le- it's nice to know that it's happening anyway. So mm-hmm. you know, that's yeah. good. And again, the the little video they had. Uh, announcing it was very sweet and very funny yes i like it when they do stuff like that (laughs) that's fun uh all right moving on from there uh here's a piece of news that maybe only i care about because i don't actually know matt's interest uh hey matt uh, (laughs) hey matt what what do you think about that avatar the last airbender there matt it's it's pretty good but i can take it or leave it Take it or leave it, not a big super fan. That's fine. It's one of those you had to be there kind of thing. I feel like, you know, it meant more to the generation right after us that this was kind mm-hmm. of their big thing. Yeah. I, I know the Legend of Korra, a little, little divisive. 
as far as follow-up sequels go. For what it's worth, I liked it back in the day. I still like it now, and I think that pendulum has kind of changed when more people had a chance to stream it altogether. I think more people actually are on my side now that, you know, Legend of Korra had a lot going for it. Maybe not as perfect a show as Airbender was in the end, but, you know, had some good things, <laughs> good things in it. And uh, now apparently Nickelodeon... I feel almost striking while the iron is ice cold is saying, hey, everyone, we're building the Avatar studio now to develop brand new Avatar adjacent projects. Cool. Yeah. Again, why didn't they do this like when Korra was a thing or like just after that? Yeah, it feels like they washed their hands so quick of Avatar and all the potential money they could have made on it. So much to the point, the original Avatar guys are doing other stuff now. They're doing the fucking Dragon Prince now. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, I don't even know if they said... I think they said, like, the two original guys were, like, in a producerary role or something. They were getting them back, but it's not like they're developing anything. It's no. more like kind of a... Kind of like a George Lucas expanded universe thing where they, like, get veto power. Yeah. Ironically, the only place where the Avatar universe continued... In fact, I think there was a new one out this week... Is the comics, actually. Mm-hmm. There was, like, several actually very, very meaty comic continuations which ironically to bring it back to star wars felt very much like the old expanded universe (laughs) to be honest and uh yeah they say that this is going to run the gamut of lots of things there's going to be shows there's going to be movies in fact apparently the first thing back they're going to be doing is a movie and then there's also that live action avatar netflix series that's also say yeah that that's still happening i guess Yes, that's also still a thing, which, man, considering the last time they tried to do Avatar in live action, I mean, I guess it can't be worse than that. <laughs> I guess. I guess we'll see. I know there was some controversy that they aged up, what is it, uh, Katara, the female lead. It's like, oh, she's 16 now. And they're like, why would you do that? <laughs> why? What, what are you trying to say here, show? Why well, Why did you do that? Why did you age her up? No reason. Oh, the, yeah, why? It can't possibly be because they want the show to be mature. No, no, couldn't be that. Could <laughs> never be that. Because, you know, what people are really dying for is an edgy Avatar show. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely places they could go with this. And again, I, I can't help but keep mentioning Star Wars because, again, if you watched Avatar The Last Airbender, there's a lot of fucking Star Wars in there. There is, yeah. There's, like, just from, like, straight-up references well, to, like, there, allusions. there's Star Wars as well as, like, what Star Wars is based off, like, Akira Kurosawa films. Yes. Like, Hidden Fortress yes. and all that. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting, you know, like, circular lineage there. I cannot help but feel but this is Nickelodeon looking at the success Disney Plus is having right now <laughs> with all their yep. new Star Wars shows and being like, Hey, don't we have a Star Wars? Hey, don't we got a thing? Can't, can't we blow that up and make sure? Everyone uh, gets a character. Everyone gets a series. Yeah. Again, mark my words right now. Hey, they like that uh, Mandalorian show, right? We got a cool lady bounty hunter, don't we? June, she, she rides a thing. Yeah, why don't, why don't we give her a show? We can do that, right? Cool, okay. <laughs> we'll do that. Also, we got, like, crazy, like, cops that can control metal, right? Couldn't, couldn't that just become a police procedural? Couldn't we just make that Law & Order Republic City? Okay, cool, we'll do that. <laughs> Not to mention, like, I'm sure the million other stories that happened in the universe that wasn't connected to the Avatar. Yeah. Just say nothing of, again, the lineage of, like, oh, no, we have, like, thousands of years worth of Avatars that you haven't even seen and haven't mm-hmm. even heard about that we could totally make shows about. Absolutely. The Adventures of Young Iroh. <laughs> That's going to be a thing. Again, mark my words, we're going to get Young All of these are going to be things, yeah. 
all of the a- any idea you have will probably be a thing for this <laughs> and uh, yet surprisingly approach i see <laughs> absolutely and yet surprisingly of all these things they talked about doing the one thing they didn't mention doing is like the next one the next continuation the next we sequel, had yeah yeah, we had Last Airbender. We had Legend of Korra. Okay, what's the third one going to be? They do you just... reckon like the movie they said they might do will do it? Maybe I don't know, but I think it's weird like that a they just straight to the up... next series sort of thing. Quite possibly. Again, I just thought it was so weird that they're just like, yeah, yeah, we're not even, uh, yeah, we're just not even going to announce whatever the third one is going to be. Yeah. Like, because here's the thing, because the third one is Dragon Prince, because mm-hmm. literally they took a lot of the same ideas, a lot of the same voice actors, actually, the the chapter structure, and it just became Dragon Prince. <laughs> In fact, shit, man, if eventually that's going to be a thing that they're like, no, 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 these things totally take place in the same universe. This is happening in Asia. This is happening in, like, medieval Europe, wherever, but these are totally the same universes. Mm-hmm. Magic is just bending by, like, a completely different, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, a completely different process. Yeah. You can't you can't tell me those things aren't connected, because they totally are. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I guess that Voltron show, too, because they kind of worked on that, didn't they? So, yeah, that's, that's the space future of this world, Voltron. <laughs> it's all connected. Get your string theory out. Someone in the chat also said a Red Lotus show. Yeah, all those amazing villains, you know, one voiced by Henry Rollins, and they never get, like, origins that explain why they are the way they are. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, Red Lotus miniseries, please. L- literally, the Red Lotus are kind of like the Knights of Ren, and then it's like, oh, those guys look cool. I they can't wait cool. to learn it. Yeah, I can't wait to learn everything about them. Oh, we only really learn about the main guy, and <laughs> a lot of the other stuff is just kind of implied. Oh, well, that's disappointing. Oh, that sucks. And yet they still maybe walk away being the best villains of Legend of Korra. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Legend of Korra is weird in there. No, uh, Amon is the best villain in that show because he actually does get a flashback episode that uh, fleshes him out as a character. Okay, they, they come close second. But, you know, we can't we can't just sit here and talk about uh, Avatar stuff all day. <laughs> I mean, I could, but we won't. <laughs> uh so yeah there's there's another installment of shit only joel might care about everybody uh and from there we move on to some tv talk uh this week matt there was a show that premiered last week pretty big show show that had uh you and me really interested about a man a superman if you will (laughs) a superman and his children and his wife yeah (laughs) superman his children and his wife (laughs) the new series yeah here in smallville kansas (laughs) (laughs) yes uh we get to see you know the continued adventures of superman and lois spinning out of the cw crisis and uh they really hit the ground running in this one don't they they don't waste any time oh no oh they that that's the good thing about this everyone knows who superman is you don't need to go over his origin again. You don't need to do an episode or two about its origin. Everyone knows who it is. So you just do it in like the little like thing they do for all these shows where like the Flash has his little bit at the start. You do it for yep. Superman. Yep. Only takes a couple minutes and you're totally there and totally up to speed. And uh, yeah, e- even if you didn't watch the CW show, this is really easy to pick up with, oh, even yeah. though it's the same Superman and Lois. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is yeah, like Crisis with everything else. It's kind of like a restart for them. 
Yeah, and like again, it's a, it's a new universe. It's a new fresh start. Maybe he can hang out with Flash and the other guys at some point. We don't know yet. We'll wait for the next crisis and see. <laughs> well, they're not doing one this year because of COVID. That's right. They canceled. They, they, they canceled the Superman Batwoman one because of COVID. Right, that we were supposed to get. Oh well, you know. Again, maybe it's better that they have a year without it. So next year's will be really special. Yeah. Well, none of these shows are actually having cast crossover in any capacity whatsoever to limit uh yeah and everything yeah i guess that would be bad i guess that would totally end up breaking uh what is it your pod Mm -hmm. rules yeah but uh yeah so this show is all about the family life of superman which as we saw in the comics with peter tomasi is really fucking fascinating when you do it right it is yeah and here we've gone a, a different way Absolutely. Instead of having one kid, Superman has two vastly different kids. Yeah, two uh, really interesting kids that could could have easily fallen into the, the CW team mm-hmm. tropes, but they don't. No, we actually see John and Jordan fight the teen show stereotypes that they are, you know kind of thrust with because you know basically to break it down you see we got the chad john kent and the virgin uh jordan kent but no the idea is is that yes stuff comes easy to john he's a jock he's popular he's handsome he's got a girlfriend yeah he gives his brother a hard time but he's also nice because he brings him pie and he heroically throws himself in the way to try and protect him he's a yeah he's a brother brother yeah, he's a brother-brother. You know, he's he's pure himbo, this John. <laughs> he's just a big, dumb, lovable, golden retriever of a human being, isn't he? And uh, Jordan, who is a very interesting take on, like, okay, you're the son of Superman, which means, you know, you're going to grow into this great legacy, and you're probably going to have all these powers, though the show actually has a nice little bit of mystery going on, being like, ooh, maybe only one kid will get powers, maybe both will get powers, we don't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea is, is that he's, you know, suffering from, you know, psychological issues, which, of course, you know, his parents are trying their hardest to deal with, but it's very difficult and also really scary because they got, like, a big ticking clock on this kid now when it comes to hitting puberty and potentially getting powers. Yeah, I like that that's... that In this first episode, that's, like, the crux of it. They, the whole idea of telling... Because these two children don't know that Clark mm. is Superman. And Clark doesn't want to tell him, but Lois does because it might help with their problems. And yeah, it, yeah. they end up doing that, and it doesn't actually help with the problems. In fact, it probably backfires makes things worse. Them. Yeah, backfires on them in a big old way. <laughs> but hey, that's where the family drama comes in. And, you know, uh, I, I actually thought it was going to be more about the kids, but, you know, uh, Superman does definitely have this really cool kind of journey of like, you know, how how much am I willing to sacrifice of my home life if it means saving the world? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a mysterious figure going around threatening to blow up nuclear power plants. And, yes, you know, Superman's Slayer. like, yeah, it's, it's, oh my God, it's literally the fucking Doomslayer. <laughs> oh my God, has someone done that yet where that guy shows up and then they play the Doom music? <laughs> yeah, this uh, this guy who seemingly knows everything about Superman and who claims to have been from another Earth, maybe? Yeah, well, that's absolutely. I don't know why people were so confused about that. He literally says that he's from yeah. an Earth that died. Yeah, which I'm assuming there's many of, which is actually kind of a frightening prospect mm-hmm. that you know there are these kind of like you know messed up refugees of dead worlds. Yeah, oh, I'm sure that he's like the first of many we'll see in all these shows. 
hey, that would be a good way to set up the villains for this thing, because, you know, Flash obviously has their big, like, Hadrian Collider explosion that gave everyone powers, and so they can explain their villains of the week. If that's how they explained the villains of the week in this Superman show, they'd be like, no, they're just pissed off refugees from other worlds. That would also add scope to the show, like, more scope Very. than it already has as well, because, like, he's not dealing with some something that happened in, like, a lab in the Canadian backlot. He's dealing with something, like, like multiversal threats it also means you can bring in new versions of old villains Mm -hmm. and not have to worry i think crisis basically writes that blank check anyway yeah true enough to be like look it's metallo no not the metallo you remember it's a different metallo Mm -hmm. different you different hey you know it's the parasite but different etc etc yeah so yeah that's cool uh superman in this world actually has a really good and positive relationship with sam lane which i was not expecting i i I I like it it is positive but there's also still that antagonism there from sam lane where he wants oh yeah he wants clark to be like superman 24 7 and like he's he's trying to manipulate him a little bit to work for the military a little bit and Superman's trying to be a good son-in-law, but Lois completely sees through it because mm-hmm. that's her father, and I'm sure yeah. that's how he's acted his whole life. In fact, when he basically, you know, kind of blows up at Lois, is like, oh, you, you don't know what it's, un- you know, you don't understand what it's like to be your husband, and, you know, I have so much pressure on you to save the world and be on call 24-7. I'm like, dude, Sam, are you talking for him <laughs> or are you talking for yourself? And liter- literally it sounds like you're saying, and this is why my <laughs> marriage fell apart, because I could never shut it off as a general. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, fuck, that's actually really good writing. It is, yeah. <laughs> that, like, Sam is defending, like, Superman's shittier aspects as a husband because he's really defending his own <laughs> shitty behavior. He's trying to, like, yeah, like, live his life through Clark, basically. Yeah, yeah, you're you're becoming me. And I'm like, wow, they've never done that in the comics. And that's actually a really interesting idea here. Mm-hmm uh oh as the chat was saying too we got the fleischer suit in a flashback how great is that we we got it in a flashback that was a reference to action comics issue one with a pt cruiser in in uh in lieu of the the old uh buick oh oh loved it so much i'm like man i i know he's got a new modern costume but thank you for putting him in that for only a minute (laughs) well it might get more because that's i thought it was like cgi like they just cgi'd it onto the current costume but apparently that's an actual costume looks good it looks so, really so we, good we could we could get it in later episodes yeah i'm oh maybe one of the kids steals it yeah or we see it in the fortress in like the the cases he has that's right because we know the fortress exists because well, we well, i think we're going there this week because they cast nice, yeah. and everything oh cool 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 yeah because of course they're gonna have to meet their kryptonian granddad mm-hmm. right that'd be yep. interesting yeah I, ho- I hope it's marlon brando again <laughs> <laughs> Hey, kids, it's me, Brad Bradzo. They paid me a million dollars for this. <laughs> but you're dead. You've been long <laughs> dead for decades. <laughs> I'm never dead. <laughs> Kryptonian crystal tack. <laughs> also, man, uh, I gotta say, this show was pretty good, too, when it came to balancing what to do with Clark's parents, where it's like, mm-hmm. look, his dad died of a heart attack, as he often does. It wasn't a tornado. There wasn't any stupid shit around. It was just a regular, normal heart attack. It was how it the Donna films and the comics. Yes, it was a normal, regular heart attack. He felt really bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, they really, you know, ratchet up the tragedy there where his mom dies alone of a stroke. He probably should have gone and checked on her, but he was so busy with Superman life and family life. You know, he ignored his mother. And I'm like, oh, that's that's fucking effective. And that hurts. And that humanizes Superman without darkening it. Because it's like, that's something we all could have done. But then also we find out that that 
like this is all something that like martha kent wanted to kind of happen as like because yeah. it's like this the sort of uh linchpin of a catalyst that like put moves the family back to smallville to like yes, yeah. sort of come together because that's like a whole thing in the episode when we get to talk with her um she's about like wanting clark to be there with his family and this is her mm. uh, uh as well as the stuff with the farm where she like mortgaged out her in classic kent fashion mortgaged out yes. her farm again to pay for a friend's like operation or something to try and help everyone else yeah. by being so sus. And I love Clark has that look on his face. He doesn't say a word, but he's like, yeah, that, that sounds like mom. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, he almost wants to be mad. But he's like, no, no, that totally sounds like her. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this too, I guess also kind of puts a ticking clock on the show too, where it's like, will the Kent stay in Smallville and try and save the family farm? Or will, you know, uh, Clark be willing to let this part of his past die? Uh, obviously they're going to stay. Yeah, or they're going to have to because uh, Clark don't work at the Daily Planet anymore. No, no, he needs a new job, which, man, I like they dispensed with that early on, too. We get our uh, little reference to Lombard. We get our reference to, you know, this, that, and the other. And then they're like, oh, yeah, Morgan Edge bought it out. Yeah, makes sense. Oh, yeah, we've got a new Morgan Edge as well. Good use of Morgan Edge as a villain in this. I'm glad we're not jumping right to Luthor right away. It's like, hey, there's other evil industrialists in Metropolis. <laughs> well, now they're in Smallville, apparently. Also, too, Morgan Edge, great connection to Intergang you could bring up, great connection to Darkseid and Apocalypse if you wanted. Yeah, they. I think they when they used him in Supergirl, they did some stuff with Intergang, but yeah, being Crisis, they can easily redo it all. And hey, too, they're also doing some interesting ripped-from-the-headlines thing where it's like, you know, idealistic Smallville isn't as idealistic anymore in 2021 with, you know, big business and late capitalism, you know, ravaging everything. Yeah, and it all it all condenses down into uh, Lana Lang's husband, uh, who his daughter puts it in such a really, really great way where it's like a disease came over him and, like, yes. he just didn't want to be more like what clark and like he's really he's really bitter that like clark left mm. and like became something else and didn't come back to his hometown like he's one of those ones that you have to stay in your hometown forever yes. and yeah i i like that they they're playing around with that absolutely and again he's a total dick bag about oh, yeah. it where he's like where he's like you know oh, back in my day you know people took their skills and they came back and helped the community mm-hmm. and i'm like well yes true that would probably lead to healthier communities but also if your town is a dead-end podunk shit pile of course kids are want to want to abandon it and they want to go to the coast or they want to go you know to anywhere that's not here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's an interesting little sociopolitical thing going on there. And Lois, you know, trying to sound alarms and warn everybody. It's like, you know, Morgan Edge, he's going to gut the town. He doesn't care about coal mines. He's an evil industrialist. Why can't you people see that you're being, you know, friggin' squirreled by an evil industrialist? I'm like, ah, yes, again, more pulled from the headlines. What (laughs) what could we possibly be referencing? (laughs) Look, Lois, we're just saying Morgan Edge is going to make Smallville great again. (laughs) Haven't you seen my hat? (laughs) It's just all we're saying. But yeah, good good first episode. So good that, in fact, when it was done, I was like, oh, is it really done? I could have kept I know, going with it. it. Yeah, it, it was uh, an hour-long episode, and it didn't feel like it. Like, they did did it no. really well, like, good pacing and everything. Very. It's it shot and paced like a movie, too. I'm like, hey, yeah. what movie ends after only 50 minutes? Yeah, a movie that's going to continue this week. <laughs> going to continue weekly now. That That's probably the other great success of it. It is a CW show, but it does not look or is shot like a CW show. Again, 
Stargirl kind of had that too, but then there was almost also moments of like, okay, let's go underground and save money, or okay, we're in the you know, friggin' uh, what is it, Vancouver Forest again? <laughs> I, and I'm really glad because like, if any superhero deserves it, it's Superman. Give him big Definitely. budget on the TV, and it, and it works. P- the, the, I was so happy to see people just love this episode. Yeah, that was, was so nice, nice too. So nice for them yeah. to see like, hey, this is a cool Superman. Yeah, hey, Warner Brothers, hey, screenwriters and the powers that be. It's like if you just present Superman as, like, a good, solid dude, people <laughs> will like it and be all about it. And, like, maybe that's what they've been asking forever. And you are like, la, 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 we can't hear you. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to give you a neck-breaky sad man. That's what you want. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, that was another thing I said while watching this. It's like, it's cool to see a Superman who gets emotional at the right times and not because yeah. people don't like him and so he gets emotional yeah. when his mother dies not when people don't immediately like him for saving someone yeah something that everyone can relate to and hey he has trouble relating to his kids like lots of people can relate to yeah yeah you know and he worries about responsibility and you know uh where his next paycheck is going to come from again just because he's superman just because he has these amazing powers does not mean he's exempt from regular everyday human problems like again i love they gave him problems in this show that he just can't superman his way out of exactly and and as well we get those problems but then we also get problems he can yes so so like obviously in this episode we got a little part of him fighting that uh the doom slayer which looked really fantastic. It did. It looked good. I'm like, oh, they're up in space. They're running around. They're doing all that's, sorts of that's, shit. That's what I like. They're not fighting each other in, you know, the back alley of a Canadian city. They're, <laughs> they're in space. They're going to China. They're doing all this sort of stuff. Fighting around the world like Russell Crowe. Yeah. <laughs> Who, hey, as we're talking about connections. <laughs> Russell Crowe from his universe. Yes, my son, fight around the world. Kill as them is all. Your wife. <laughs> Kill them all, Clark. Kill them all. <laughs> but yeah, Superman and Lois, super cool. And in fact, man, our, our cup is again going to runneth over with superhero content because uh, Flash comes back this Thursday, too. Yep. Hard to believe. Uh, we got a little snippet of it this week, and it's mostly like, hey, guys, remember how we left last season completely uh, unresolved because of COVID? Yeah, the, the two, uh, the two um, I think the two episodes that are going to be, that were meant to be the ending of uh, last mm. last week's, I think they, the, these first two are going to be like the, uh, was it the more rough episodes? Because they yeah. were obviously done during COVID. It's going to be really fun to play Spot the Cut in this. <laughs> a spot where this actor was on a green screen and not surrounded by people. <laughs> yeah, oh, a lot of shot reverse shot. Oh, his beard comes and goes. <laughs> oh, he put on the quarantine weight and then put it off in between scenes. <laughs> now, I'm excited for Flash to come back because I really liked that last season. Yeah. I think because it, I think a lot of people forgot that, that the last season of Flash was actually better than the show had been in a couple seasons. It was pretty good. It actually utilized the characters all pretty well. They all had something to do. Mirror Mistress was a great, interesting mm-hmm. villain who wasn't just another speedster, but who could still really challenge the Flash. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole Black Hole Terrorist Organization was a great thing from the comics, and it also gave the supporting cast something to do and some mysteries to unravel. Yep. Uh, Evil Iris was the best Candace Patton has ever been in the show. Yeah, because she had something to do. 
because she actually had something to do for so long. I was wrong. I thought, I think she might just be a bad actress. No, they just wrote her a lot of shit. Apparently when they <laughs> give her something meaty to latch onto, it's almost to the point where I hope they do like the Superman red blue thing. I'm like, Hey, can we, can we have good Iris and evil Iris? Cause like, I think <laughs> evil Iris is good enough. It should be a character. Well, hey, maybe, Iris, maybe, stick maybe around. after this, maybe after all of this, Iris will come a little bit more cynical and a little bit more harder yeah. edged. Maybe actually become a worthwhile character. Cause man, uh, again, if you know, if we want to throw an indictment at CW writing here when it comes for women, which is ironic because their shows primarily were pointed at so much women in the beginning, mm-hmm. they don't write a lot of good material when the romantic chase is done. We really love doing the, you know, will they, won't they thing, but then once the will they, won't they is over, we got nothing for you. Yeah, they just get, you know, fridged, basically. Yeah, if no one's in a relationship and if no one is pining, we we cannot write you. Yeah. Which, you know, fucking good on Candace Patton, I guess, for sticking through the shitty material as long as she did. Yeah. To actually try and get something good. I hope they do write her something equally as good this season. Hopefully. Yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, ba dum ba dum What else do we got going on? Uh, yeah, that was all the news for this week. It was, yeah. Yeah, not a ton of topics, but, you know, just, uh, just enough to keep the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. I uh, guess with that, we can hop over into what we read this week again, and I know I'm sounding like a broken record. I didn't read everything I wanted, but I tried to read as much as I can. (laughs) I think our schedules are going to, I was going to say, maybe go back to normal next week with Infinite Frontier, but I'm like, no, it's now we're going to be picking up new books all over again to see (laughs) if they're good. We just got done with Future State, now we're thrown into another thing. (laughs) But uh, yeah, where would we like to start this week, Matt? Uh, I got to remind myself what we had. I know, it was a crazy week. Uh, Dark Detective number four was the big finale this week. It was, yes. Again, kind of suffers from a problem that a lot of these Future State books did, and that is the ending is a non-ending. It's kind of like a, hey, this is the end if you want it to be, but if you don't want it to be, would you like to continue <laughs> reading this story? Because we'll continue it for you elsewhere. Yes, talk to us on Twitter and tell <coughs> us. <laughs> Basically, yeah, where it's like, oh yeah, I forgot, you know, some of these stories were actual stories, some of them were testing grounds, and some of them were literally, like, focus groupings. Yeah. This one, unfortunately, fell into a bit of the focus grouping. Uh, yeah, Bruce eventually found out that, hey, the my crazy roommate's daughter is actually working for the magistrate in the spybot department of all things. Isn't that convenient? But no, wait, she's not bad. She's actually trying to bring them down from the inside, so if we can join forces... <laughs> Then, you know, we can finally take them down from the inside, which they try and do. But if they succeed or not is left open-ended. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe they'll pick up with it in that Gotham Future State book. Maybe they won't. I don't know. It feels like where a lot of them are actually going to, going to stop. And, like, it's not – because it's not right. – much as people like Red Hoodie, he's not going to be able to keep a book going that long. Uh, no. Especially when it's called Future State Gotham. He's not just going to be the, the main character. Also, too, because that Red Hood story, which was the backup in this, seeks to imply that Jason was actually talking to Bruce this whole time. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, well, it was fairly obvious, yeah. Yeah, we, we never see him, but he gives the not-so-subtle thing of like, ooh, the sun is out, shouldn't you be going back to bed? Like a bat, because bats are in night and not the day. <laughs> I'm bad with illusions, I'm Jason. Vroom, vroom! He <laughs> yeah, a wheelie in the parking lot and speeds off. <laughs> there you go. Jason's story was fun, where it's just like, oh, hey, I guess the magistrate doesn't love me, actually. So, <laughs> should probably stop working for them. Yeah. 
but I still have Ravager, and we got a fun buddy cop dynamic going on. Yeah, I did like that dynamic, how it was kind of reversed to what I thought it was going to be, whereas it's like, well, obviously Jason's, you know, the trigger-happy murderer. Mm-hmm. We'll make him that. So like, no, we'll make Ravager the trigger-happy murderer and him the more reserved sort of, no, we don't kill. Yeah, Jason literally gets his own Jason throughout the course of the story. <laughs> And again, it's fun. They got a fun dynamic. They say they're going to go on a little vacation and probably be back just in time for uh, whatever that Gotham Future State book is going to be. Yeah. Which, man, when you stop and think about it, we got so mu- we're getting so much Red Hood. We got that story. We got the Future State story. He's going to be in a what is it that anthology book, Batman Urban Legends, and uh, we're just starting to see the Red Hood of the White Knight universe. They're uh, they're doing all their best to get rid of the the Lobdell stink. Yeah, so much for my theory that they were going to maybe pull a Punisher and make Red Hood go away for a little bit. No, we're going to have four Red Hood stories running concurrently, so you have to forget. Well, see, I think they would have they would have done the Punisher had like right wing extremist adopted his his logo. Yeah, <laughs> well, they're killing think- people. <laughs> To think they were this close to adopting the Red Hood is their thing. But they're like, nah, too red communism. <laughs> too too much. Actually, it matches my hat. It matches my hat. There you go. We're the Red Hat gang. <laughs> Actually, no, wait, five. There's five Red Hood stories because that Truth and Justice digital book, uh, mm-hmm. Jeff Trammell, uh, Craig of the Creek guy who follows me on Twitter. Hey, Jeff. Uh, he's going to be writing something. Oh, nice. Which reminds me, I gotta get Jeff on the show next month to talk about it at some point, because I have literally been dying to talk to him forever, so it would be super cool to get him on and talk about that. Awesome. Yeah. So, that was Dark Detective. It was fine, but it's hard not to say it was a non-ending. Yeah. Left left me a little cold. Uh, what about you, Matt? What else did you have? Uh, I had the House of L issue one. Right, okay, I almost picked this up, but I didn't. It did look interesting, though. It was. It's set in the far, far future, and uh, Superman's uh, lineage is uh, fighting against the Red King. Don't know who the Red King is just yet. Um, but they, yeah, It's that been... uh, guy from World War Hulk. <laughs> they've been pushed all the way back to the moon, uh, and they're trying to defeat his forces and everything, and... Uh, they find out it's kind of futile because he he's he's amassing every planet he cat he conquers he takes their armies into his own so he just has this right. huge, he's conquered basically the whole known universe at this point um he's so, caesar so yeah they they he's laying siege to the um the castles and everything and no help is coming for the the house of l but the superman of the time uh, a guy named uh ronan doesn't believe there is doesn't believe there's uh no hope he still thinks there is hope out there and brainiac 4 thinks there is because he thinks he might have found something and in the final big battle where uh the red prince unleashes his doomsday horde which is all these clone doomsdays and everything um the superman returns the original superman uh Ooh. which many of the the house of l actually thought wasn't real because they have only heard stories told by their fathers and their father's fathers and oh wow they're so far removed yeah and they there's like they don't believe they just think he's just some myth people told them um and he re- he returns and we find out that the red red king is actually his son um oh. his son to uh cersei uh we, f- oh. we find out at some point uh during the time cersei manipulated superman into giving her a son how very greek again yeah. i just mentioned feels like caesar ancient rome yeah that adds up so he he has kryptonian powers and magic 
Ah, which magic one of the only things that can ever actually hurt a Kryptonian. Now we got one that has bow. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Superman, instead of actually fighting his son, he's, we learned that Superman had been trapped in a dimension by Cersei, um, mm. which is why, partly the reason why many people think he's a myth because no one's seen him for years and years and years. Right. Um, so he got trapped in that dimension and he managed to come back and he tells his son that this dimension needs its own Superman and wants mm. his son to come with him to be that Superman and be greater than ever than even he was. And his son joins him, and they head off into the into the the great unknown. Hmm. So that one was just a one shot. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting that that one was just a one shot, and they waited here for that one. And that also it's written by the guy who's going to mm -hmm. be writing the next run on Superman. Well, it could always tie back into it. It could, yeah. It could always you know, go back time travel that. stuff like that and. Uh, maybe Cersei becomes a Superman villain in his run and yeah. gets a little too familiar. <laughs> and he can be like, hey, I know where this is going. <laughs> Lois, to fighter, cracks a spell book, and it's like, all right, I'm going to beat you at your own game, bitch. <laughs> Goes and learns yeah, go magic from Zatanna. <laughs> yeah, hey, Zatanna, teach me magic right quick. <laughs> Man, hey, there's something for Lois to do, travel around and learn magic from Dr. Stray, uh, what is he, yeah, Dr. Fate and Constantine and all the greatest, you know, magic <laughs> users of the DC universe. Why? So I can beat a trifling hoe, that's why. <laughs> and they're like, okay, I guess, I guess we can't say no to that. <laughs> For there is no magic greater than beating a trifling hoe. <laughs> we are honor bound. <laughs> I guess from one Superman story to another Superman story, what ended up being a Superman story, uh, Future State Suicide Squad. Yeah, God, this book was great. Man, just when I thought, like, oh, they've run out of twists, they can't throw yeah. any twists at me, another twist, a twist on top of a twist. A twist that looks like it might continue in Crime Syndicate in Infinite yes. Frontier, and I really hope it fucking does. Same. So, again, when we last left off, we had found out that Amanda Waller, had jumped ship to another universe, to Earth-3, to enact her plan, basically, of saving this world in the way that she could never save the main Earth, because no one ever listened to her ideas and no one ever took her seriously, so she kind of took the bull by the horns, and her plan is to use stolen Brainiac tech and Mount Justice to create, basically, a protective shield around all of Earth-3, which it was left a little open-ended. Is it so aliens couldn't get in, or so aliens and people from other universes couldn't get in? That's what I, I took from it. It's like a shield that prevents people from traveling to Earth-3 and, uh, and people from, like, outside the universe coming in and just attacking it. Which is one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, because Earth totally isn't threatened a lot by the people who already live there. <laughs> yeah. Again, Amanda Waller being arrogant... <laughs> Totally. Oh, yeah, I, I love how arrogant she is. And mm -hmm. also, man, in a character's history that's filled with so much cold-blooded, you know, bad bitchery, she's totally got <laughs> a really cold-blooded move in this one where Peacekeeper and the Earth-1 Suicide Squad, you know, they've tracked down where Waller lives, and they're like, oh, she kind of lives in a dump, right? Okay, but we're going to go in and take her. And they fight, you know, uh, the controlled clay-faced and everything, only to realize, wait, this isn't the Waller we're after. This is the Waller of Earth-3. She kidnapped her family and then used her multi-Earth doppelganger as, like, bait. Yep. <laughs> Wow, Waller is so cold, there's no loyalty even between other Wallers. <laughs> Fuck, that's good. Yeah, it makes sense. total sense. 
It really does. And I'm like, man, great use of the fact that there has to be another Waller running around. And also, assumedly, this Waller was happy because this Waller still had her had family, family and yeah. no reason. Yeah. And it ma- had ma- no makes reason. sense because Earth 3 is like the reverse of everything else. So it would make sense yeah. that she would have been just like a happy woman living with her family, probably not even part of the government or anything. No, yeah. Well, actually, man, you know, Earth 3 Waller would be so interesting because main Waller is so like shades of gray evil. Mm-hmm. What if it was like, it was like shades of gray good where it's like, I'm basically the punisher i do bad things but for good reasons Mm -hmm. that would be interesting but uh yeah uh then hey we're not done with twists yet guess what uh turns out this connor we've been following around is the justice force superman uh yeah he's not the earth three connor like you thought he's actually earth one connor Connor. yeah earth one call or i guess prime earth now people got on my ass for calling it prime earth and not earth one it's literally called earth one i think in one of these books so yeah yeah, literally, I think last week they called it Earth-1, so get, get get off my jock, please. Uh, but yeah, so it turns out that that was actually the real Connor that Waller has been torturing and brainwashing and gaslighting to basically become her ultimate Superman. Yeah, who will be the Superman of Earth-3? Yes, to be all part of her master plan, and we find out here that, oh wait, Peacemaker and Connor actually have a pre-existing friendship that we're going to get to read all about in the new Suicide Squad Mm -hmm. book, because this also 100% confirms that, yes, Connor will be a member of this team. In fact, we see flashbacks that seeks to imply that crossover we already talked about between new Suicide Squad and Titans Academy. Mm Mm-hmm. So that gets referenced in there. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, they're using this book to, you know, plant seeds and give us a little taste of stuff that's coming. Yeah, it's great. It, it, it's kind of it kind of mind fucks with you as well, because these books are set in the future and we're getting the yes. books set in the past. And yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> it's kind of and also these are still only technically classified as possible futures. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well, I guess like now you can kind of like say, well, this is an actual certain future now. Yes. And this one is as well, but this one still isn't because it doesn't be referenced anywhere else. Yeah, the the big final moment here is, you know, uh, Connor says, you know, I'm not going to let you treat me like a criminal anymore. Uh, Waller, you know, I'm going to do what Superman would do in this situation. He turns against her and he destroys the kill switch and she's dying because, you know, uh, Peacemaker shot her. And she's like, good, good. This was my ultimate plan all along. <laughs> I needed I needed you to prove to me that I could torture you and do all these horrible things to you, but you would still make the ultimate right Superman choice in the end. And you did because you are the perfect superman dead (laughs) and i'm like wow that is such like waller shit just like several layers of you know faustian bullshit (laughs) it's so good and i I cannot wait for this story to continue in in crime syndicate yeah because it's going to continue in crime syndicate because it's like okay well you know what became of those crime syndicate members in the tubes and also gonna kind of continue in suicide squad as well because it's like okay well how did this team come together how did peacemaker and connor become friends (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah this this is a book that actually ended fairly strong even though it was only two issues and actually promised a lot of stuff again it was was those twists that, that, that you just didn't expect to happen in a suicide squad book and again I is it the same it's the same writer doing the Suicide yes. Squad yes yeah, so Robbie Thompson again if he keeps bringing those twists it'll be just as good I think as the Tom Taylor one yeah twists on top of twists on top of twists and also just fun to see characters we never get to yeah. hang out with yeah. anymore like Peacemaker and everything yeah even though he is basically just playing the Deadshot role but that's fine yeah that's fine I mean Deadshot's technically dead right now so someone has to play it yeah <laughs> Deadshot got too dead uh, what else did you have this week, Matt? 
Uh, I had X-Men issue 18. Yes, I had this too. We're checking back on in with the vault, that storyline that they had started and then just kind of left for a couple arcs. Yeah, well, a couple of arcs. It was like one of the first issues, I think. Yeah, it was like issue two or three, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was a while ago now. Uh, yeah, so we pick up with Darwin, Cinch, and Wolverine, and they, they're entering the vault, which we find out is actually like a huge city. Uh, run Very. by the AI who in, employs strict population control on the children mm. of the vault. Um, and who are neither mutant nor human because they are like super advanced, evolved mm. light forms because they're time the next moves differently generation, in the vault. Is, I think what they call themselves. They're, they're yeah, more yeah. than them. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they're, uh... yeah uh, the, the team's job is to infiltrate it and find out if there's any threat to Krakoa and mutant kind. Um, well, at least that's what we think they are there for. But we learn they're actually there for... T- to, they're basically these people were chosen because of their powers of healing factors and regeneration mm-hmm. um and it all has to do with memories uh yes. since when they they can remember things and then when they die they'll see something that jogs their memory basically and it'll make them remember everything they've seen this is also one of those stories where what's happening on the page is actually not as important as what's happening in the appendices of the book yeah yeah so it was basically a suicide mission for these for these uh, three members, where they'd go in, probably die, and then mm-hmm. get reborn with the memories of what was in the vault. But don't worry, because as we discovered, dying is not only something that Krakoa can totally fix, but dying might actually be good for you. In mm-hmm. the case of Sink, where it's like, uh, yeah, we've been running his tests, and he keeps coming back stronger every time. We're not yeah. exactly 100% certain why yet. We think maybe having an older mutant consciousness downloaded in a fresh body means that, you know, they're able to use their powers in new and interesting ways. And for Sink, he just doesn't sync up with mutant powers anymore. He can sync up with any powered person now. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, he's he's kind of an Omega level mutant now. <laughs> Basically, he can copy any power that's around him, maybe more than once. You know, who knows? Yeah, as we see when they absolutely just barrel through this team that the city has put together to help protect the city. <laughs> Also, you know, that's a nice way, too, of showing instead of telling, where it's like, look, here are the children of the vault who previously gave whole teams of X-Men trouble. Now here's only three X-Men who devastate them completely. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, yeah, I think the AI says the team are, like, outmoded and outdated, and they need to become more, but they don't have time to yet. No, they don't get the chance to evolve. And again, because the most interesting stuff is happening in the appendices, we get them talking again about those laws of Krakoa, you know, murder no man— well, do the vault people technically count as men? I mean, they're so <laughs> highly advanced. I, I think they left humanity behind a long time ago. So, I mean, if we had to blow them all up, if they became too much of a threat to Krakoa, we could we could get away with it, couldn't we? Yeah, I think we could. <laughs> um, it, it also, like, this issue also made me put on my ex-tin foil hat again and be like, mm. okay, so the whole deal is they go into the vault and, like, it's relying on their memories um to tell them what what happened in that vault after they come back and we know from experience and from seeing it in x-force that these memories can be tampered with yes uh so what's to say that the vault is 
nothing like it's non-violent it's it's fine and what we're seeing on the page is like edited memories and they're like oh the vault's very dangerous we have to stop this because it's a power it's a there's obviously mm. something in the vault that's like creating what i imagine would be the chimeras and stuff like that maybe yeah. um and it's a power maybe xavier can't possess and if he can't possess it no one can perfect suicide soldiers with editable memories yes and hey, if that sounds a lot like what happened to Wolverine in X-Force, guess what? I think there was a good reason why this and the new Wolverine came out on the same day, because thematically, there <laughs> is that thing that bridges them together. Yeah, yeah. Because the Wolverine book is all about Wolverine dealing with his old buddy Maverick, who worked with him in Team X and for <laughs> the CIA, and they were constantly having their memories of the most horrible shit they did edited. Yep. So they were continuing to be good soldiers and good attack dogs and whatever they needed them to be. And surprise of surprises, when Wolverine offers Maverick a chance to come and be in Krakoa and get his powers back, Maverick says no. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, you guys are a weird cult. <laughs> and Wolverine, it feels like you're drinking the Kool-Aid. And also, I don't think you're <laughs> going to stay like this for long because, you know, you're like me. You're a lone wolf. You're a ronin. You're a roaming warrior. And eventually you're going to get bored here. Yep. Which is an interesting thought, because, yeah, this is probably the most homebody Wolverine has been in a long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously it ends, too, with the idea that, oh, Maverick, he needs a new job now, so he's going to work for the head of the CIA's mutant death. So he's actually a big new villain and kind of a dark mirror to Wolverine now. <laughs> nice. Which is a great use for Maverick. Maverick has, like, never really had much going for him, but this is actually really good to have something <laughs> going for him. I like that a lot, actually. I like that ultimate twist. And they bring back Old Man Logan's missing arm, too. Oh, nice. Which is a storyline I totally forgot about because I didn't read uh, Old Man Logan after Lemire left. But, uh, yeah, apparently there was a whole thing about his missing arm. And now the CIA has that, too. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm sure they'll do nothing evil with it. No, absolutely not. Yeah, only, only a matter of time. <laughs> but, yeah, so that was the two X-Men books I had this week, and they were good. Awesome. Uh, what else did you have? I had two more. Uh, I had Superman versus Imperious Lex, issue two. Right, yes, the continuation of this Mark Russell uh, super comedy book. Yeah, yeah, so um, last issue, Lex applied for membership to the United Planets, and uh, Lois uh, agreed to sponsor him, and she and Superman are on the way to uh, sort of see the planet and, and sort of survey it a little bit, and uh the whole issue is just basically pointing out how much of a farce his planet lexor is mm. and like like everyone can't see through it except for lois because as she puts it these people haven't known anything else so it's like <laughs> say she, like one one of my favorite lines is she asks like does like the planet have like voting like do people get to vote in public elections <laughs> and he's like they don't even have public toilets like they don't they don't need yeah. to do this they don't need to vote and his robot his little robot droid thing that follows lex around um when lois talks about the reticulants which were the uh robots that were stealing uh other planets resources for lex or mm. um when she uh, basically accuses him of doing that the robot says he, he made them to protect to protect the planet from other beings and lois says well you wouldn't need protection but now you do because everyone's coming after you because you stole all these things from them and the robot's like ah yes lex knew that would happen which is why the robots are there to be protecting 
you know us it's, it's great <laughs> yeah, wait a minute it's yeah, it's so great and yeah he he wants to join the united planet basically because when they when a planet joins the united planets the uh the organization takes on their debt and in exchange uh... um the planet gives up some of its resources so they can better help the planet um and so that's it's all a big lex luther tax dodge yeah basically basically but what happens is his planet uh the survey team the united planet survey team find like a mineral that uh its property allows it to amplify how energy works and the, the mm. galaxy is currently going through an energy crisis so just one of those crystals would be able to like help the whole galaxy and lex right, has right. these crystals now and he's like i'm going to sell them for two billion dollars each and be the richest man in the galaxy but because of um superman getting involved and uh, and um him killing off uh the survey team so they don't get their hands on the crystals he forfeits his role in the united planets but superman manages to take one of the little crystals and synthesize it in the fortress of solitude uh giving uh, giving it away for free basically and making lex's multi-billion dollar credit uh pile of crystals worthless <laughs> classic yeah it's great it's it's so funny it's just so funny it's a good comedy farce i like it i yeah. like it a lot yeah and there's still an issue three coming but that doesn't come out to the end of really? march i don't know why really yeah it's so strange that seems poorly timed yeah. with the rest of this stuff i i don't know why i maybe Weird. maybe it ties into an actual superman book or something i don't know who knows yeah it's the only who future state book that 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 happens to finish a month after future state ends that's crazy huh uh, yeah, I don't quite get that. Uh, from Superman to Batman, or should I say the next Batman, we had the next Batman Second Son start this week, the new digital book. Yeah, and it was pretty simple. Yes, very simple. In fact, it was a weird bit of getting used to from the, you know, future state Jace Fox Batman stories to this much more pared down digital book. <laughs> again, again, like a, a lot, like, like, uh, uh the challenge of the super sons and all that sort of stuff yeah. it feels like it would read better once it's all collected because yes, like, it looks fact, like there's bits missing absolutely in fact i hope they give it the super sons treatment where like okay we're gonna collect all of this arc together and we're oh, gonna call will. it issue one they will yeah because that's because that's how i want to read it because i read this first one and i'm like okay this shows potential but also if you're gonna keep blue balling me every week <laughs> Because it felt like, again, okay, the story's just getting good. It's just starting, and then we're done. Mm -hmm. uh, if nothing else, we do start to learn some interesting stuff about uh, Tim Fox. He's still going by Tim Fox at this point. I'm guessing by the end of this story, we'll discover why he wants to be called Jason, not Tim. Yeah, he's still working with that uh, Russian woman. I think Vol is her name. Yeah, Vol, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the voice who, again, was alluded to in Future State, but we never figured out who they were. Yeah, well, we know they went to uh, what was what is called the quote-unquote farm with Tim yes whatever that means which i think is like a cia facility or something i don't know yes i believe so too it's called the farm it's you know it's where vic Mackey and everyone from the shield hung out yeah in farmington <laughs> no sorry that was the barn the in barn. farmington yeah the <laughs> barn okay shit it's been a long time since i watched the shield cut me some slack uh but yeah so it, clearly even before uh tim had become uh, a batman he was still very much a vigilante going around kind of do doling out justice 
how he saw fit, which again begs a lot of questions like, okay, well, how did he eventually come to this? And also, too, something I thought was interesting, does not carry a gun. Mm-hmm. Even when going into a gun fight, I'm like, huh, I wonder why. Yeah, I get <laughs> I will get a prequel to the prequel detailing why he doesn't carry a gun. Yeah, explaining that. Again, it's again, it's an interesting story, but it's one that, again, leaves with like way more questions than answers. And I'm sure they will answer it. It looks like John Ridley has done a lot of work fleshing out this character in this universe. Yeah, I just, you know, does. thought with the first issue of Second Son, like, okay, we're going to get down into the nitty-gritty. Okay, it's a digital book, so we can only maybe get like the first couple pages. I would have thought like being John Ridley and being that this is actually like tied into... Because this is the first digital... I think the first digital first book that is actually tied into the yeah. stuff that's happening in infinite frontier and future state you would have thought yes. it would have been a little bit more you would think it's it's so weird because again when we first heard john ridley was doing like a new african-american batman book that was back for black label a few years ago mm-hmm. before even the pandemic i wonder if this made them completely change the way they were doing things I, oh, obviously definitely yeah, I feel like whatever this was supposed to be, it got changed on the fly, and that's why we're getting it the way it is now. Yeah, well, I imagine, like, if it was meant to be a Black Label book, it would be, like, a four- or six-issue yeah. uh, story just with him as a Batman. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's funny, too. I don't know if you got this, but when I uploaded my video there, because it's technically a new first issue, I had to block a whole new bunch of brand new racists that had come out of the woodwork to voice their disdain. And I'm like, hey, didn't I get you all the first time on Future State? <laughs> now you're back again because you think it's new because you only kind of pay attention to comics. <laughs> God damn it. Get, get my fucking fly swatter here. <laughs> yeah, gotta, gotta do that. So, uh, yeah. That was that was second son. It was all right, but you know I expect more, and I'm sure I'll get more. But I'll just have to come back to it once it's collected. Absolutely, yeah. Again, just need those. Maybe I'll review it like two issues at a time or something, because mm. it might feel a bit more, might be a bit more there. Yeah, because I don't want to give up on it. I no, really no, don't. Absolutely, and especially when, if it's tied in with what's happening in the actual books. Yeah, because I'm just saying, like, when it disappears from the channel, I was like, where did it go? Don't worry, I'm going to come back to it just when it's in a more complete form. <laughs> I, pr- I promise, cross my heart. <laughs> uh, now, what else did you have, Matt? I had one more book. Um, I don't think I actually had much else. Let's have a look. Okay. Oh, I oh, had... Um, you do- uh, I had Future State Batman Superman issue two. Oh yes, yes, which is also the prequel story. Which is funny, the prequel story is only finishing up now, when Future State <laughs> is basically done. Well, again, if they want to go back to it, they don't need to go through all this again. True enough. They'd be like, yeah, just pick up that book. It explains everything. When they make the Future State omnibus, this one will be at the front probably. Yeah, and really, this one only explains why. Uh, what a lot of people. Why I even got comments on this. Why a lot of people. Uh, seem to think why couldn't superman just come in and stop the the magistrate doing everything right. and it explains it pretty well do tell uh so yeah uh superman and batman are dealing with a false face society and there's like there was that serum that was given turning people's faces into like weird monsters to bypass the magistrates uh systems and everything and we actually learned that uh the serum was actually uh made by the uh the um magistrate as a way to track mm. the the people who were using them and it was made by professor pig oh i like that because everyone becomes weird animal heads yeah he actually escapes at the end of this issue going and leads into the harley quinn book that's right i forgot we already saw him there yeah um 
but yeah he he's um been like uh, uh experimenting with the serum and everything for the magistrate and working with the magistrate to uh capture these people that were using the masks and whatnot um and he ends up ca uh thanks to uh mr toad capturing superman um and he plans on basically harvesting harvesting superman's dna and putting it into things um so, so and like we, you do and we get to see some of that stuff where there's like uh like bats and rats and pigeons <laughs> and all sorts of things with like weird eyes on their back that shoot heat vision lasers out at everyone and he's and made lions like and tigers and bears and he's made like weird uh false face serum creatures that like look like superman but have like a hundred eyes on their face and shoot out heat vision and whatnot uh, so they, some dr moreau shit yeah so the heroes have to beat them and all that and they end up doing that and um uh the the real like meaty bits of the story happen near the end where uh bruce thinks that they haven't really made a dent in the magistrate like just upping their bioengineering division like what does that do they're still in the we'll city doing everything and superman wants to stick around and like help out um after they've done all this and batman says he can't because they're they literally taking his dna and weaponizing it and if he sticks around they'll just keep trying to do that they're all ready for him they have stocks of kryptonite though they, they knew superman was going to come by right. so he so he cannot stay there and again it's like a people think batman got really mad but it wasn't more so that it was more so batman just saying this is my territory stay out of it right and superman's more than happy to let him do that because as he says he trusts bruce to deal with this He's not going to just yeah. come in and step on his toes. And I'm sure he would regret it not long after. It's like, oh, crap, I got shot in an alley. Damn it. <laughs> I was wrong, Superman. I didn't have it, as it turns out. <laughs> but I can't admit that, Tim. I'm not going to call him. Oh, exactly. wait, what's that? He's, he's stuck on a gladiatorial planet. Fuck. <laughs> and his kid stole a city. Shit. <laughs> can't can't trust nobody yeah and, and the, there's a great cameo as well by animal man who's comes in to Ooh. help like uh save all the little animals with the eyes on their back and it's funny because oh, he, he's going on he he's like going on it's like oh yeah you know the pigeon's the smartest bird and just like batman just cuts <laughs> his comms and starts talking to superman <laughs> man animal man hasn't been that guy in so long because he's been this weird like esoteric <laughs> uh like you know horror yeah character for so long but like yeah animal man back in the day just like saved animals and stuff and that was his shtick mm -hmm. <laughs> someone said they'd read an animal book animal man book by gene lewin yeah yeah i'd read that too yeah it would <laughs> probably pretty be pretty good. good he's coming out with his second uh volume of shang chi which they're going back to number one again to try and trick you into yeah. thinking it's a new book but it's not it's just the second arc of his series uh -huh. <laughs> That's fine though. Maybe more people will read it because it's really good. Yeah, he's and he's continuing his Batman Superman stuff after in Infinite Frontier. Yeah, which I'm super hyped to read actually. Yeah, it does. We're getting the original create characters of Batman and Superman. Yeah, I'm uh, the original I'm glad uh, this is there. versions of them. Yeah, I'm glad that this is uh, all coming together. Yeah. Yeah. Last book I read this week, and I'll be really quick about it, even though a lot of shit actually happens in it, because I know we'll be here all day if I'm not. Uh, Spider-Man 60. I thought it was going to be that one. Spider-Man 60. So Peter Parker's still feeling really bad about Kindred and everything that's going on, for obvious <laughs> reasons. And Mary Jane says, like, look, you need to get this out, but I ain't taking you to regular therapy or nothing. <laughs> So I'm going to take you to the old playhouse that I used to act at, the one that Norman Osborn fixed up and paid for, because, you know, that's not going to come back in any way, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. 
And she says, look, I'm going to put you on stage and we're going to play act. I'm going to pretend to be Kindred. You're going to be you and you're going to say all the shit you need to say. So it's basically like a 20 page like therapy session for Peter trying to get out all of his inadequacies, all the things he feels bad about and all the things that he wish he could have done differently with Harry. Okay. And it keeps coming back to the same idea over and over again. And that is like, I still don't know why you're so angry at me. I still don't know what I did. (laughs) And of course we know what he did. He was made a deal with the devil. It was one more day. That's why he's mad, but he still needs to figure it out. Yeah. It's the last two things that are really interesting. Uh, One in a very surprising bit that actually carries over from the Mary Jane miniseries, which I was not expecting. Okay. Uh, Mary Jane says she's going to stay in New York, which means Peter actually has a chance to propose to her now and says, you know, you know, uh, the movie be damned. The movie can have its premiere here for all I care. And uh, we meet her producer and kind of sort of business partner. They, cause they kind of became reluctant, you know, allies over in that book, Quentin Beck Mysterio. Yeah. He was like the one yeah, producing the film. Yeah, so she's working with Mysterio to further her career kind of behind the back of Peter. Yeah, there was a thing when she came back into town where he's like, oh boy, how's... Because she was going to plan on telling him. And she was like, oh boy, how's Peter going to react to knowing that Mysterio is basically producing my film and like making my movie career a thing? Yeah, she's still keeping it secret. And this is interesting too, because it's like, ooh, Beck was a person that Kindred seemingly brought back from the dead... So it's cool to keep him around. In fact, she mentions Kindred to him and, you know, Beck kind of starts freaking out. He's like, don't, don't mention it. Don't, don't think about it. Don't talk about it. (laughs) And then the other final big thing is uh, we meet back up with Dr. Strange, who last time we saw him, he was helping Peter with the Sin Eater stuff. And he kicked him out of the Sanctum Sanctorum (laughs) when he looked into his brain and saw stuff he didn't like. Yep. So he goes to Vegas in what is clearly a connection to Nick Spencer's damnation, despite the fact that many writers had retconned away what he did, a fact that Strange even mentions. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, ah, yes, Mephisto, what are you still doing here in Vegas? I thought you were free. And he's like, yeah, but I own a casino now. And, like, why would I give that up? That's, like, easy money. (laughs) And Doctor Strange, you know, he's like, Jacuse, Mephisto, you need to tell me now what is wrong with Peter Parker's soul. And that's where it ends. (laughs) So, yes, Mephisto has finally returned to the Spider-Man book now. And, like, yes, finally calling it out for anyone in the cheap seats. Yes, we are talking about one more day. (laughs) Now, obviously, the question becomes, now that we know that we're actually talking about it, and this is where we're going with it, A, will they actually undo it? Will this actually amount to something? Because they've given us fake-outs before. And, you know, B... If they do actually reverse it, what will that mean for Peter Parker's life? Yeah. And how will that change stuff? A lot of people want them to reverse it, but, like, part of me kind of doesn't want them to reverse it. Just because I know it will, like, upset a lot of people. And, like, like there is, like, obviously big implications if they do unreverse it. But yeah. If they leave it, like, I could see it because, like, no, Peter has to be left in the dark about this. He cannot know about this. It would it'd destroy him sort yes. of thing. What gets me about it is like, okay, you reverse it. Him and Mary Jane get married again like they were before. How long until the writers and editors decide they're sick of that and want to break them up again? <laughs> exactly. Because that's what happened the first time. They were married the first time, and then people in charge just got a weird stick up their ass. Like, I don't like this anymore. I want to go back to writing single Peter Parker. Yep. We need to have a reason for it. 
So, like, really, that's the thing. Like, we've gone so long in this post-one-more-day world. It's like, what what do you actually gain by changing it at this point? Instead of just, like, making fans happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing, really. And, like, look, I'm all for making fans happy, but if I may quote Tim Seeley there for a minute, angry fans keep reading, bored fans stop reading. Because, mm-hmm. like, I know there's a strong contingent of people who have just hate-read Spider-Man since one more Same. day, yep. hoping that they'll fix it at some yeah, point. Yeah, hoping this if will they be the it. issue. This will be the issue that fixes it. <laughs> yeah, if, if when they finally fix it, you know, will those people just, you know, breathe a sigh of relief and then just, like, lay down to pass into oblivion? <laughs> yeah, just stop reading. They turn to dust. They turned to dust, yeah, like uh, like when the frickin' Red Sox won the World Series. Oh, good, a bunch of old people in Boston can die now, finally. <laughs> it finally happened. As Tevi is saying, you know, they can have kids. Yeah, I guess, if that's a direction they want to go to. Again, they tried to give them kids before, and they had to fucking get out of that, too. Yeah, and again, they, these are Spider-Man fans. No, nothing's ever good enough. So, sure, sure so feels like, that they'll way do, They'll do that, and it won't be good. Like, something will be wrong with it yeah something else they'll find something else to bitch about i mean i will admit as a lifelong fan i do hate the idea that when the chips were down and push came to shove spider-man and his significant other made a deal with the devil and (laughs) yes they tried to go back and retcon it many times and make it that it wasn't his fault and move away from it and then put it on mary jane and then try and take it off mary jane and do this that and the other and yes it got really uncomfortable and really stupid and for my own mind yes i would like for them to go back and be like yeah that never happened no but it always happened though even when you undo it it still happened and we'll still talk about it as that thing that happened yeah now, if I hope Nick Spencer, you know, if he can make good stories about it, good for him. Because I think he is making good stories. This stuff with the he Kingpin is, yeah. and Boomerang and everything else. That's good shit. I like it even, like, completely divorced from the One More Day-centric <laughs> stuff. And I wonder, you know, when this run is said and dumb, will people remember it as the run that tried to undo One More Day? Or, you know, will they remember it because it had all this other story stuff going on? Hope- I don't know. Hopefully the other story stuff, because that it is just so good. Yeah. But but part of me knows it it won't be. Yeah, like, it feels weird to almost, like, purposely pigeonhole yourself. Yeah. Also, too, I wonder, you know, why... Why now is Marvel thinking of changing their tune and, you know, trying to undo one more day after almost a decade of being like, nah, live with it, you stupid nerds? Well, I mean... I mean, Nick Spencer is, like, he's probably got some pull over there. And he probably wanted to do it, you know? And I'm... Yeah. I'm sure he's a fan, so... Like, yeah, hey guys, I took all the slings and arrows and all the licks for that Secret Empire thing, and now I can't go on Twitter anymore. <laughs> you you guys owe me this. You guys owe me one thing. <laughs> this is the one thing I want. This is what I want for Christmas to undo one more day. <laughs> then maybe I can go back. You know, maybe I can go back on social media then. I think he was on Instagram, but only for like a minute. His Instagram things are like funny. Like, he's like, oh, uh, Dapper Menswear. <laughs> Which I was sure to follow the same dapper menswear as well. I don't know if you've ever seen Nick Spencer at a con, but the man dresses very nicely. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> He's also shorter than you think. I, like, dwarfed him. I'm, like, three feet taller than him. <laughs> Which was surprising. I think I freaked him out at one con. I'm sure I've told this story before. Hey, Nick Spencer! Hey, I like your stuff. Oh, oh, okay. I think I scared him for a minute. <laughs> Just my big lumbering asking for, Hey, Nick Spencer! I like your stuff. Oh, oh, thanks. 
<laughs> I think uh, I thought Secret Empire was really uh, really misunderstood, and Superior Foes was really funny. <laughs> oh, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> just just saying, he writes like a much taller man. <laughs> is all I'm saying. He writes like a man who's at least eight feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, everyone, I think we can start bringing this show to a close because there's no way I'm going to top that shit. No. <laughs> Any uh, anything else you want to talk about, Matt? Anything else you want to promote? Anything you're ex- we? I should say anything you're excited for in the week. What are you excited for? I'm excited week? for Infinite Frontier and some of the books that are starting with that. It looks really fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've tried not to build it up in my mind too much, but it's like, man, I hope I get the same feeling reading this as I did reading that DC Universe Rebirth. I guess like five years ago now. Fuck yeah, man. yeah, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, because I definitely know they want that. That's what they're aiming for. They're like, hey, we messed up, and, you know, our universe became a little incomprehensible, and you didn't have to read stuff, but we promise, you know, we're trying to get back to what you like. It's the infinite frontier. Anything can happen. Infinite possibility. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for Flash, obviously, coming mm-hmm. back. Get to watch that. My Thursday yep. nights are getting, you know, pretty uh, pretty loaded now. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, we, we might not end up having a show next Sunday. We might have to move it to Monday because I'm planning to have my big cheat meal on Sunday night and watch uh, the AEW pay-per-view, oh, which nice. is that night. Revolution is this week, so I'm I'll excited I'll have to see if that. I can I, – I gotta, I gotta get back into watching AEW. I kind of fell off it because, like, um, where I was paying to watch it and everything, they kind of, like, changed everything, how it all, like, worked and right. everything. I'm like, ah, oh, that's a pain. I'll, uh, I'll try and help you out. I, I have some ways and means there that uh, <laughs> should be able to get you to watch. Because, yeah, this uh, this new one, there's some pretty big matches on this one that are going to be a lot of fun. They're going to have an exploding barbed wire match the first Ooh. time in America. That sounds very cool. And, yeah, very American. <laughs> very, yeah, because Kenny Omega went heel. And, you know, John Moxley wants to try and, you know, win his title back. <laughs> and because, you know, he's a deathmatch wrestler. And they're like, this is the only way we can settle this in, ex- in an exploding barbed wire match. <laughs> First time in America. Before it was only in Japan. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do it, guys. We're going to see. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. As always, you know, your viewership is greatly appreciated. Uh, thank you, too, for all the new patrons. I saw we got some there, both the people who have become patrons for the first time and people like, hey, Crimson Echidna, shouting out to you who just came back. Thank you. Thank you. So always appreciated. Uh, this Tuesday, too, I got to get up early. I got to actually take my taxes in. Oh, Finally, I'm a, oh you're yeah, big, I know, big boy. <laughs> Big boy, I've been working. I, I was, I'm actually a little behind with the pandemic. I got further behind, <laughs> so I got, I have, I shit you not, because I don't have Manila envelopes. I have like sandwich bags with like years and stuff written on them, <laughs> and my business number. They actually look pretty nice, all things considered. And I'm sure it's not the worst thing that they've been given. <laughs> so I got to do that early Tuesday morning. But there will be no Elseworlds exchange that day. So maybe I'm going to stream some stuff that Tuesday night. I'm going to try and get back into streaming on my own every other Tuesday. Nice, nice. So look forward for that, everyone. And hopefully we can have some fun stuff going on there. So uh, with that, everyone, I will bring the show to a close. Thanks for watching, everybody. See ya. Bye-bye.